0: everyone, and welcome to the Brave New Business Connected Living panel. I'm Danielle Carr with Control4, and we are honored to be sponsoring this panel because we think this conversation is extremely timely considering how this year has been for all of us. We've seen technology shift from being seen as a luxury into becoming an essential. You know, we have to have it. We're working from home. We're schooling from home. The only way we can connect with a lot of family now is from home. And so rethinking technology in the home is a foundation part of of implementing thoughtful and um, meaningful and empathetic design these days Um, and so control 4 is a smart home operating system that connects all the different devices in your home together so you know your smart doorbell camera your you know smart TV smart lighting smart audio all of that is integrated together to be accessed via a phone, a a touch screen, a keypad, so that way you have multiple interfaces that you can interact with your home to create the experience that you need when you need it. And I think that's really important these days. So um, without further ado, um, once again, Control 4 is really excited to be sponsoring this panel, and we hope everyone enjoys.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to NKBA Live. Thank you to Danielle Carr and our friends at Control 4 for sponsoring today's webcast of Brave New Business. I'm Bill Darcy, and it's great to be with you. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the wildfires engulfing much of the west and northwest and the hurricanes that have been ravaging parts of the southeast. Both of our panelists today are impacted by the wildfires, and we wish them and all of you in these affected areas safe and secure shelter and best wishes as you protect your families and businesses. Today, we're proud to present this special edition of Brave New Business running in conjunction with CD Expo's virtual showcase. It's an exploration of one of the macro themes that emerged from our exclusive NKBA Living Impacts design research, that is, connected living. We're happy to welcome two audiences today first, NKBA members and viewers from the kitchen and bath world, as well as home technology experts, integrators, and installers from the CD universe. The collaboration amongst NKBA and and kitchen-and-bath designers and remodelers with Cedia and other tech integrators is so important. We'll discuss that more specifically in a moment. I hope our NKBA members will take advantage of the valuable smart home tech programming and product discovery that you can access as part of your Cedia Expo virtual registration. As for any of the integrators and other industry professionals watching who aren't already members of the NKBA, there's an opportunity to learn more about membership, our insightful research, and why it's important to build solid relationships between the integrator and designer communities. For more information about NKBA and our great programs, please email info at nkba.org. On today's panel, we welcome Mike Chorney, president of La Scala, a technology design and integration firm in Vancouver, British Columbia and my friend Molly Switzer, AKBD, Principal of Molly and Switzer Design, and President of NKBA's Columbia River Chapter from Portland, Oregon. Mike, you've won the Tech Meets Design Award from Cedia a number of times for your projects, congratulations. And Molly is a past NKBA 30 Under 30, our reigning Chapter Officer of the Year, and so congratulations to you as well, and and happy seven months to those twin girls. Thank you. Just a couple of housekeeping notes, as always, today's webcast qualifies for one half CEU credit for our certified designers and may qualify for other groups as well. I'd like to uh, thank Elma Gardner, CMKBD, for her stunning design, which incorporates tech solutions that you see behind me today. Elma is a fantastic example of what a certified master kitchen and bath designer can do. That's NKBA's highest level of certification and highly regarded across the industry. Please remember, type any questions into the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, and we'll try to get to as many as possible at the conclusion of the program. Like all areas of technology, smart home tech was changing at an incredibly fast pace before COVID hit. The crisis has heightened residential technology needs in so many ways. For instance, with many people working and schooling from home, there's an increased strain on Wi-Fi for stable connections. There's also a noticeable shift among consumers and the industry in general for greater health, sanitation, and safety. So we'll look at how products are evolving to meet those demands. Home security is also a priority, and like many systems, these are generally controlled or accessible from the kitchen, or as we say, heart of the home. And finally, our safety for our seniors is also an increasing priority. As a tragic consequence of COVID, many assisted living and nursing facilities were compromised and older folks are now more likely to be moving in with family. Home technology solutions are a great help in this area and enable seniors to live independently in their own homes or with family in their houses longer. As I mentioned earlier, this session grew out of our living impacts design research. That study revealed so many valuable trends, most notably that connected living not only means connection through devices, but also a connection among people and a connection to nature. Mike, as an integrator and tech expert, I'd like to start with the foundation of smart tech for the home and actually share a personal story. So my wife and I just completed a kitchen remodel. model. I've spoke about that a little bit before on Brave New Business. I asked a local CDN NKBA member, One Sound Choice, here in New Jersey for recommendations, and they installed a new router with, with lots of Ethernet ports and two wireless access points. This was to take the pressure off of our Wi-Fi with me working from home, as well as our three sons all going school to school virtually. Before we had that solution, there were notifications throughout the house on Alexa telling everyone, get off the Wi-Fi. Dad's about to host brave new business. So, not the ideal solution. Uh, it begs the question for our audience, Mike, is there a general guideline about how much Wi-Fi capability and network support a family should have considering these amplified needs? Yeah, that's,
2: you know, it's really a tough question, and it's, it varies depending on the client's needs. And, um, I mean, for most people, they can never have too much Wi-Fi or too much bandwidth. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to answer it this way, is that uh, integrators are typically known to bring build materials and just a laundry list of stuff. Um, And then it's evaluated between the needs and the budget and sometimes the services are available. So, I mean, I can answer it this way. It's it's best that you work with an integrator as a consultant and the consultant will understand your needs, uh, your budget, and also the services that are available in your particular area. And then uh, put a system together that works best for you I think your example that you use in your home is is quite apparent. You may have dad working in a home office trying to download some documents. And kids nowadays love to play these live gaming systems where they're communicating with their friends that may live across town. I mean, you can probably understand the amount of bandwidth that's traveling in and out of the house when you're streaming audio, video, playing a game back and forth. Um, It could compromise if dad's trying to download or you a know, webinar such as this. So in those scenarios, we, we, you know, put together a system that has reserved bandwidth for dad so he can be successful. We can give the leftover, uh, to the kids. Um, and then I, I mean, I pound the drum pretty hard on this. We talk a lot about wi um, but it, it's really about connectivity. And, um, I think most people would agree that a hard line connection will give you the most reliable signal. And, um, Wi Fi was really created to address two things. First, there is no wire, so you kind of force into the Wi Fi scenario. And then, B, it's uh, you know, people wanted portability, they didn't want to be tethered. So, when you're planning out a system, if things are going to be uh, reside in a permanent location, then I would always suggest you go to a wired solution. Uh, wired solutions will need more network uh, switch ports so it all gets built into topography but um, where one of the mistakes that we do see quite often is people with tvs which are smart tvs and then they'll say well we'll just use wi-fi and uh, none of us like to see that scrolling wheel when it's buffering when you are fast forwarding, and rewinding. Um so tvs lighting systems light switches that go into the wall i mean i don't think those are going to be moving around the house So if there's a a wired solution or proprietary uh, signal solution for those, that would be my recommend.
1: Yeah, it's good info. And and again, similar to my situation, we just take the pressure off the Wi-Fi. And and, and I I was not even thinking about the hard wiring until um, they helped us through it. So thanks for that. With all this increased need for residential tech, where where have growth opportunities sprung up and, and how have you capitalized on it?
2: Well, I think more people are spending time at home and they're not traveling. So upping the caliber and quality of the equipment that you're using is uh, become, uh, dollars have been more free that way. Uh, family entertainment areas, such as theaters, media rooms. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, money spent on outdoor audio systems this year. But, um, you know, like we're on this webinar, I relate back to this webinar quite a bit. Is that people are are home studying, um, they're doing conferencing. Uh, it's become very important, and with the move to I'm sure Molly's going to touch on this, the move to great rooms and open concept living. It's not intuitive to try to be on a webinar or home studying in a great room. So there's you know obviously some impact as far as home planning. Uh, it, when I was thinking about this question, the the Austin Powers uh, cone of silence. Is could be a viable uh, product for today. Um, we have uh, it was a little bit weird, or um, people were weren't were really resistant to having cameras inside the home or microphones inside the home. Uh, now because they serve a different purpose, they're being welcomed and uh, they want those cozy cuddle we call them cuddle huddles for these rooms, it might be a family room. Or a living room where they can meet as a family and get on a camera and a speaker uh, solution, and you know have those you know half an hour, forty-five sessions with grandma and grandpa or family members that live abroad. So those have been uh, now uh, a big priority and a big opportunity for us. Yeah, great stuff. So Molly, from, how about your perspective from
1: uh, from the designer? Where have the business opportunity has been strongest for you and and what's different about the request you're getting now compared to before COVID?
3: So it's kind of, as Mike touched on, we're seeing more multi-use spaces. So we're having to utilize the spaces that we have for more than one, you know, function. It's no longer, you know, I think we we always thought about, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about this, but the great room um, and how it functioned. But like, how do you now define a space for schooling or, you know, the, the teachers, teachers are working from home too. So I was going to say you have these two dynamics of the teacher as well as the student, um, as well as working from home in general, you know, in an office sense. Um, but we're also seeing, you know, a lot more, especially in like the kitchen bath world, we're seeing more thoughts about how do we create clean environments for our home. how do we, um, uh, you know, talk about the process of even just walking through the door, you know, we have to think about where are we washing our hands? Where is that first step go? You know, we didn't, we didn't think about this, you know, first off in a home for a long time. Um, so now we're seeing like mudrooms being connected closer to a garage that has a sink in it. Um, or just just in general, like how do we keep clean living? And so I think the biggest takeaway has been um, talking through all these new ways of how we use our spaces with our clients. And I think that's really important. Obviously, the the home office is a big deal. um, And how do we create a home office that's not, it's going to be quiet and it's going to be uninterrupted I think for a long time people had a home office that didn't necessarily get used now we're really using it and so how do we make it functional you know glass doors on something is not exactly private it looks nice when you first walk in but you know is it going to be distracting when you see your kids running around outside making faces Um, it's just all these fun little processes that we now have to kind of rethink and Um, I think there's a ton of opportunity on the business perspective to really reinvent our businesses, especially when we're talking about technology and how do we add that in and how do we go from start to finish. And I think it's really important as an interior designer because we tend to be that really integral part of the conversation of a remodel or a new build. Of you know how do I educate myself so that I can best serve my clients to have those conversations with our integrators? I'm certainly not doing the work of an integrator, but the more knowledge that I can bring to the table to make that conversation happen mm-hmm. is so key and essential.
1: It's great. Can you go back to the open concept a little bit more? I know Mike touched on it, and you did a little bit as far as you know this room that we've now tried to expand uh, the kitchen and living area. And the, the barriers, I guess, you get with that now with people trying to do multiple things at the same time that need quiet. So if, how have you addressed that um, with clients who have open plan or as you're planning for people who still want that feel, but yet on the flip side, you know, uh, want to have that somewhat quiet, if you would?
3: Yeah, um, with that, I think we just have to rethink what a great room is encompassing. So we want to have those spaces where we can still, you know, work in our kitchen, have it feel open. But I think we're going to start seeing some more maybe defined like dining room spaces. We're going to see some more like formalized spaces that I think we used to have, but maybe kind of in between the past 20-ish years have kind of fluttered away a little bit. I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of those um, those spaces, um, kind of more of a defined kid's room or, you know, now it's sort of like a kid's room slash their classroom. (laughs)
1: Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Mike. So some of our research has revealed that there's a big trend towards using technology to bring us closer to nature, which seems somewhat ironic. Can you, can you talk about that
2: a little bit? Sure. Uh, I could spend all day talking about biophilia, but um, I'll spend a little bit of time talking about uh, circadian rhythm. Um, Our bodies are naturally impacted by color temperature and intensity of the sun Uh, just we as Beings and and it impacts animals as well as as beings, but um, You know a beach holiday is a good example. You come back and you feel recharged Um, Might be the tequila that happens while that's happening, but as the sun rises and falls on a day um, It it does go from a dim orange and then it goes to a bright white and then it goes back to dim orange at sunset and uh, we may or may not know but our bodies are actually responding to the different color of lights and it's triggering different hormones in your body so uh the two hormones serotonin and melatonin serotonin is where it's your i don't like your fight or flight but it's your productive hormone melatonin is your chill hormone so our bodies uh perform better when uh, we have an equal balance uh, of this throughout the day Ideally, we want to have melatonin at night so we can sleep. It reduces our blood pressure, our heart rate slows down, um, it, it prepares you really for rest. But um, because we live in front of screens, and I think that's not going to go away, especially with this whole COVID, um, we're in front of computer screens, we're in front of iPads and phones, we really receive too much stimulus and it can induce stress on in the body. So. There is modern lighting systems now. Uh, We've been using them for years. It's one of the things that I get most excited about when I bring a client through our facility is that we can adjust the color temperature and intensity uh, in our living spaces to uh, mimic what's happening on the sun. So by doing that, um, our bodies are responding the way they're intended to respond. And there are studies that have proven that in workplaces, you know there's last sick days, productivity goes up, and staff engagement uh, uh, is increased. They did a, a study in a hospital, and uh, people's recovery time was half, and there was uh, less medication required. They also used the uh, opposite side spectrum, they went to a, a prison and did the same uh, sort of experiment, and less violent crimes, more harmonious. So, um, this uh as fun as LED is for changing colors, you can change the mood into a room, but it can have obviously some health benefits. Uh, I think we'd all agree that a dinner date uh, accompanied with candlelight is far ro- more romantic than a really bright blue f- fluorescent light. So I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Exactly. No. It, it's it's uh, you can underappreciate these values of of what you know you're trying to bring to your customer. Uh, in their home, um so really go to Molly on this, but feel free to jump in too as well Mike um, home air and water filtration systems I mean obviously you you both are dealing with the the air side, especially now with the devastating fires and smoke you're dealing with uh, in the upper northwest so uh Molly, first, can you talk about um how you address these or how it's coming up in client conversations?
3: Yeah, so um, I'm actually in the process of buying a house, so we close in a in like a week, which is exciting. Uh, and one of the first things that we're doing is we are, are integrating a full smart home system. Um, one of the biggest things, uh, actually, just within this last week that we realized is, you know, we already had an air purifier in our nursery for our girls, um, but as these fires came in and it started infiltrating everything. Um, you know, like we're sealing up doors with tape, you know, like it's horrible. Um, how do we keep our air? You know, you can run your air conditioning, but how much is that really working and how how clean is that really getting the air? Um, so for us, we became really aware of that. And so we talked to our innovator and I said, okay, how do we start thinking about this? I don't want to just call the HVAC guy and say like, hey, what can I put in here? make You know, my air great because I want to make sure that I can monitor it. I want to make sure that I can see those updates. Um, and so for me, that was a really important thing for it. So air purification, and of course, you know, water purification here in Portland, we, um, we have city water, but it's not really treated up a lot. It's really good, but you know, is it always going to be really good? Um, so for me, it's, it's important to like really think of those things and, and keeping my family healthy, but that, just gives me experience to to then talk to my clients about you know how are we treating your water because i have tons of clients that are a little bit further out and they're on um a well system and so we have a lot of hard water issues or um so it's been really beneficial for me to talk about all these things with my local integrator um to see how we can create a system where we can monitor everything and, and keep it up to date and you know, evolve with our home needs. I think something else that we didn't talk about, and I bet Mike can talk about it a little even more, is even just um, as we get into all these natural disaster issues with, you know, even with the hurricanes, or, you know, we've had some horrible things in the Midwest where they've lost power for a couple of weeks. How do we talk about power? How do we talk about, you know, systems like Race Point Energy or Taurus Power, you know, where we're harnessing that energy and being able to control? how we use our power in our home in a really smart manner um i know that kind of dives into even more but i thought it was really important as we like start looking at all these natural disasters
1: yeah mike you want to jump in on any
2: of the uh, either home, air water or even power as as molly Uh, said it's funny because vancouver we're blessed that energy is cheap here and i know a lot of major cities in the united states energy is quite expensive and not abundant so we have abundant energy. We have lots of fresh air and lots of fresh water, and most things, especially technology, are driven through a need or a want. So we don't specifically get people needing uh, the technology to address air quality or water quality or energy, but we've had some spin-off technology through some other initiatives that we've been doing, which has had some benefits. And uh, Whistler, which is a a very popular uh, ski downhill mountain bike resort. It's really becoming a city. Uh, They've kind of mandated to be uh, zero waste and passive home. And uh, they're on step four for passive home now. And passive home is just reusing energy that's provided through the sun or through the earth uh, to heat a home. And then these homes got to be smart enough to know when to dissipate energy or collect energy. So in, in working with some developers and contractors over there on these, we've been uh, uh, forced to calculate and automate the exchange of air. So the the side benefit of importing air, exhausting air, is we're also measuring air quality. So HEPA filters and those sorts of things come into play. Uh, As far as routine for for the homes, if we know that there's cleaners that are to come through every Thursday at 10 a.m we'll create a scene called clean, which opens up all the shades, turns on all the lights, puts on some really good motivating, vacuuming music. But at the same time, it's going to exchange that air in the house for two hours after it completed because of all the airborne dust that's there and all the, the cleaning smells. So, I mean, it's, it, it gets to the fresh air and the, the exchange, um, you know, and, and Molly's right about energy is, uh, uh, you know, the, there's and, and I'm a big supporter of load shedding and energy management just because me personally I'm a bit of a noodlehead and want to see what's what's happening where. But uh, we've we've shown clients benefit that if there is some constraints on your energy through RacePoint and some of the different uh, uh, products that are out there, we can do load shedding or have devices walk the plank. So essentially, we're saying. There's only so much energy here, we're, we're, we're forcing what's allowed to be on or what's not allowed to be on. So uh, it's, it's very interesting. Great, great
1: stuff. Molly, Molly, go back to you, on, uh, continuing on the topic of health and wellness. The pandemic has caused many people to rethink their homes. We've been talking about that as, as an escape or a retreat. How do you accomplish this in the bathroom? What, what tech solutions are you using to create a spa-like experience for homeowners?
3: Well, obviously we have things that we've talked about, you know, sound, we can add sound into a bathroom. Um, probably one of the best things, and we just did a, an amazing primary ensuite for a client um, where we put in a beautiful steam shower with a smart thermostat in it. And um, it was one of the most impactful things that we did. It was a project that we started before COVID. Um, even, you know, we knew it was on the radar of anything. Um, and we finished it basically right in the middle of the pandemic. And um, a few weeks ago, the client called me and she said, I took my first steam and it is life changing. She's like, it's a place where I can go inside and I close the door of the shower and it's completely silent. And it's this space where I can escape and be on my own. And um, she's like, I didn't realize how much I needed that. Which, you know, it's a job, like we're in people's personal lives, and that's huge to hear those kinds of things.
1: Um, Mom, silence. My wife would die for that right now.
3: I'm just saying, maybe you need a steam shower.
1: <laughs> maybe, you're, you're, yeah, you're, she, she would not argue with that. what, so what that about? Was, go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh no, I
3: was going to say. So that was, you know, that's that's part of it, and then just you know, creating spaces, you know, even auxiliary to that, you know, creating like a yoga room or a place like, um, where you have a home gym, um, using products like total, um, and, uh, like the smart mirrors and things like that. Those are, those are really key for kind of that health and wellness, um, in that area.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Mike, talk about seniors for a little bit. Um, sensors, voice control, things that can what, what's the most valuable tech that you've seen that can help
2: seniors? Yeah, before we do that, I just want to make a comment. It's kind of funny. When, when this pandemic hit and everybody's running and buying hand sanitizers and filling their garages full of toilet paper, I told my guys, you know, start to suggest automatic toilets.
3: What's the obvious stuff?
2: Sorry. Valuable techs for seniors, Um, I mean – Voice is can be intimidating. A lot of people get frustrated because they'll ask something of Alexa or Google Home and they don't get a proper response. And um, I think voice is it's, it's going to get better. It's going to be more a part of our, our daily routines. I've been using it for probably five or six years now. But it's framing it up so people can be successful with it. Um, so what we do is we don't just set up a voice system and let them go carte blanche on it. Um, that's like trying to teach a four-year-old the Webster's Dictionary, it's very frustrating. So we, we try to narrow it down to five or six routines. Uh, we'll print, we'll print it put it on their fridge, put it on their doors and then get them accustomed to, uh, using voice to trigger routines. Um, could be good morning, uh, good night, um, dinner party you know, that clean uh, uh, state uh, scene that I talked about before. Um, So that's how I like to use voice. And with seniors, um, if we know that a senior is on a routine, we can monitor if those routines are being activated. So if mom and dad are living in a suite somewhere and they turn on their lights or watch TV every day at eight o'clock, and there happens to be a morning where the lights don't come on or the TV does not come on, we can trigger an event that will send a notification uh, to a healthcare worker or to a family member so they can check in on their on their loved ones to make sure everything's okay.
1: Great. Um, you talked about some of the frustration with voice um, as it evolves. What about just generally consumers resisting technologies in the home that they think, you know, as you're talking to customers, they won't work or they don't need it or it's too difficult. Like what advice do you, can you give our, our viewers about ways to keep it simple and show clients how they do indeed need these products?
2: Yeah, integrators are funny guys because they, there's a lot of po- folks out there that just want to jam all their, all what they deem as fun stuff into people's homes with the hopes that they're gonna use it. We call that bloated technology. So I think it, it is as important to line up with an integrator that works like a consultant, and if the if the integrator is asking a lot of questions, how are you going to use your home? You know, tell me about your family. Are you remote? Uh, is it a vacation property? You need to know all this stuff so that the technology that goes in is relevant. Um, the words smart home, or connected home, or integrated home are so loosely thrown out there that um, I try to educate people on what each of them means and. For the most part, I think we all live in a connected home, we all have internet. An integrated home is when you take some of those connected devices and you combine them into one. So a, uh, a universal remote would be a good example where you hit the power button, turns on the TV and it turns on the cable box at the same time. But the word smart home is, is, uh, should really take tasks away from the homeowner. Home. So it should, it should help them in their, in their daily routine. And um, we, we, we are very adamant to ensure that our clients know what scale of home that they're actually working with. And a great example I can give is that a truly a smart home, you should be able to either hit a button or uh, touch a piece of glass or voice a command, say good night. And by saying night, it can turn off all the lights, it can arm the doors, it can turn on the temperature, it can drop your shades. It helps that homeowner so they don't have to get out of bed and go do all that stuff. When, when when, it's understood what's important to the client and then the, the, the integrator consultant is trying to match that stuff, then it's uh, valued uh, technology in the house, not bloated. That, that's fantastic advice.
1: So uh, this is such a good, great conversation. I'd love to continue. We're, we're coming to the close, but before we do, let's see if Leanne has any uh, questions from the audience that we'd like to post to Molly or Mike.
4: I think the first one is we all want to know what uh, motivating music is to vacuum because my goodness, we've never heard that. (laughs) Maybe maybe you could share that.
2: (laughs) It's got to be fast paced. It's got to be loud. Um, But again, that that all in that client uh, discovery session, and some of the questions that we ask is like, what kind of music do you like to chill out to what kind of music is your productive music and stuff so and it's nice when you you know uh, do the key head over the client and you, you've paid attention like that they they really appreciate it
4: that's amazing uh molly the first question is for you um coming in from a designer as much as my clients want the latest innovations in their remodels they don't want their space to look like it's overrun with tech yeah. What's the most important element of being connected with integrators in the design process to avoid this?
3: become friends with people like Mike quickly. Yeah, I was like as a designer, it's key to like get in with a, an integrator and start those conversations early because if you're not doing that, you, they're just you know, the plumber or electrician or a with – because they start early. It's a big part of the budget. And it's a, um, you know, if you're not planning ahead of time, you're going to end up something unsightly. Whereas if you, you know, get together with someone like Mike, you know, you can talk through the issues of how do we hide something? How do we hide a TV? How do we hide, um, anything? And, you know, integration is truly like not being able to see it. Right. So, um, we, we want it to work for us, but we don't want it to be something where it's just in your face.
2: Yeah, that that is, this is so near and dear to my heart because I think technology should be used but should not be seen. And um, there's so many uh, great products out on the market that uh, help both parties be the interior designer and the integrator work together and not have it be a, a big I call it lamb's blood over white linen sheets when you walk into a room and you're like, what the hell went on here? You know, there's boats <laughs> sitting on the couch and garbage can lids for speaker grills up on the roof. Um, I mean, there's a lot of time and attention to put in the lighting grids with small aperture lights. So in those scenarios, we try to match uh, our speakers so they integrate into that, into that lighting grid or better yet, go to an invisible type of product so it just disappears altogether.
3: Yeah. It's not my job to know everything, but it's my job to know Mike.
2: <laughs> yeah. But so like in, in Bill's background there, he's he's got a TV, which is a big black rectangle dark. And that just gives me a seizure over here because it could be a frame TV from Samsung. It could be a mirror TV from Sierra. There's so many solutions to, uh, you know, help him in those situation.
4: Okay, great. We have some good questions coming in the chat function as well. Um, I can pose this to, to Mike, how do you deal with clients who want tech but are still afraid because they are not tech savvy and get frustrated with it or afraid of being watched?
2: Uh, so from an interior camera perspective, uh, and that comes up quite often because we do have touch panels with or without cameras. Um, some of the touch panels actually have a little slider that you can close off the camera. Um, We also have, give them the ability to turn that functionality on and off through electronic or mechanical means. Um, I I mean, there is a high level of trust that has to be established, and when when you enter a relationship through discovery and become intimate to what their needs and wants are, if you do move forward with them, I think there is a a high level of trust. Okay, question.
3: I think yeah. I can touch on that too. I think, you know, obviously, Mike, it comes down to also having conversations about what kind of products that you use because some products are a little bit more secure than others. Sure. Um, and just educating them on a level that makes sense for them. Like, we don't need to have a whole lot of high tech um, conversations, whereas we can just kind of have a, a conversation of where they feel comfortable and putting in place in infrastructure that gives them the ability to, if they want to step it up eventually, um, that's a good way to kind of seed that information, like start somewhere where they feel comfortable, but give them the option of being able to to update that.
2: Yeah. And there's, I mean, we could spend hours talking about this as DIY, you know, uh, products are available, readily available, but major retailers a lot of them are cloud-based uh devices which means all your information is being pushed up into the internet and uh, and then you're you're transferring data back and forth from that cloud base now that being said all your information is being pushed up into the internet so some with some clients if they want full lockdown some of the devices that they think are friendly in their houses may not be friendly the worst, the worst uh, device that we all own is our cell phones. You know, when we scroll past the 56 pages of acknowledgement and hit agree, they're really uh, open themselves up to capture a lot of information so they can market to you. We can have a conversation now about lawnmowers, and then I can go on to Facebook and someone's trying to sell me a lawnmower. It's, just, it's not coincidental.
4: Yeah, and we're all scared about that. Thanks for the reminder, Mike. <laughs> Um, just a quick question, because living in place is such a hot topic in the design world. How often, Mike, do you work with an occupational therapist when selecting technology to suit a homeowner's needs?
2: Oh, do for, you me, have for me personally? <laughs> for me personally? I'm sure. um, I, you know, I'm trying to... We work with a lot of medical people as far as doctors for personal homes. I, I don't really recall you know, working, I shouldn't say that, I've got, I've got two clients that we have, um, and where they've been involved is that they're collaborative. Uh, on behalf of their client, we say this is you know some of the needs that my client has based on their either emotional or their physical um, needs, And uh, but it, it's not customary, it's not really customary.
4: Okay, sounds like collaboration is key there, which leads yeah. us to the next question. And this is posed to Molly um, from an integrator. How receptive is the design profession to integrators reaching out to them? Um, obviously, that's a very personal question. But <laughs> I think um,
3: anybody who, any of the designers who are interested, I mean, for me, I went and found an integrator. Um, but I'm, that's just sort of who I am. Um, I think that designers should be open to integrators reaching back to them. Um, I think they should be open to the conversation 100%. Um, I think it should definitely go both ways. I think it's important to start the conversations early. If you're uncomfortable about technology as a designer, I think you definitely should open yourself up to the conversation because it's not something that's just going to go away. Um, it's just begin, going to be a bigger part of our design culture. Um, and so the faster you evolve with it, um, I think the easier it's going to be on you.
2: I, I'd like to maybe add to that is that the it's best that the designer is on the same page as the integrator, as the integrator is on the same page as the designer. I mean, there's a lot of philosophies out there um in both um channels and the closer you can be aligned the more successful the project tends to be otherwise it becomes a a bit of a tug of war you may want to an interior designer might be trying to make a real clean minimalistic space and then you might have a tech guru going in there and trying to jam it full of a bunch of stuff that's Counterintuitive to the overall vision of the interior designer. Um, what we do here is, uh, I don't call it a showroom, we call it a studio, it's an education center. We bring people through and they get an understanding of why we do things and how we do things. The what we sell becomes kind of third in all of that. Because as, as a position of consultants, if I'm just trying to push a particular brand or a device, I'm not being a very good consultant. So when, when an interior designer, architect, or general contractor or homeowner comes through our facility, my whole wish or intent is that they leave knowing more than when they showed up and empowering them to make good decisions.
3: I, I think another part of this is that relationships is really important. You know, that's basically what you're saying is, is we're talking about, you know, just There's a few integrators here in town and I've found one that fits mine. You know, it's like, here's my Cinderella shoe. So um, personality-wise, it's really important to talk through the process because as an interior designer, I always tend to feel like I'm sort of that that close-knit buddy to the client. We get into that, you know, the messy stuff and, and we get to know our clients really closely. And so it's important that we have a close relationship with these integrators, because again, it is such a personalized part of the equation. And so I think that relationship is really important to find um, everyone working really well together.
2: I'm going to add great. One. Can I add one thing to that statement? Sure, Mike. Uh, the, we got to wrap. Okay. The, the architect's going to create the space, the general contractor's going to build the space, interior designer's going to make it look and feel. Uh, the integrator home automation company will tend to live with the with the with the family indefinitely. So having after sales support and the, the client's gotta have confidence that this person's going to help them with this crazy thing called technology and keep them fresh and relevant is as important as getting the job in the in the beginning. Great, great great advice Mike. Um,
1: Terrific discussion, obviously we can go on and on. Uh, You both have been wonderful, Molly and Mike, thank you. Thank you to our sponsor Control Four for the generous support and all of you for tuning in. We hope you found it valuable and also hope you enjoy the rest of your Cedia virtual experience. Next Thursday, two o'clock, MKBA Live presents a special episode of Design TV, part of our partnership with Interior Design and Sandow. ID's Editor-in-Chief Cindy Allen and my colleague Susie Williford will host a discussion on designing the healthy home as part of interior designs wellness week with Adam Gibson, CMKBD and Martin Lawrence Bullard. Thanks again. Remember to follow me and NKBA on social media stay safe and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, guys.